it is episode 30 of the Catching Up Podcast here with Connor and Nick. And this week, we're focused on the Founders Live core values and which ones mean the most to us. We're also going to touch on what we think about HQ trivia and how it's changed since the last time we talked about it. We're also discussing how tech companies have gotten involved with politics, especially this last month. And we're ending talking about a new app called The Network. And will it be the new HSN or QVC for mobile phones. Thank you, as always, for watching us here at the Catching Up Podcast. Please enjoy episode 30. Nick, good morning. How you doing, Connor? I am wonderful. It is episode 30 of the Catching Up Podcast. Uh, I am just very impressed with ourselves that we've made this episode 30. That is crazy. I I like it. What's uh, new with you? How's your week been? It's been good. Yeah, it's been good. Just, uh, you know, just hitting the, it's kind of like that end of the year. I mean, it's crazy to say this already, but it's like end of the year in the sense that you just have a few, there's really just a handful of weeks left. Getting all the things tied up so that you cruise into the holidays with a, you know, a good ending of the year. Yeah, because everything definitely slows down here coming up uh, the next couple of weeks. Oh, after, it's like after Thanksgiving, man, like everything kind of just dies down and everyone's you know it's packing up to to go holidays yeah uh i'm really looking forward to it. i don't think I, my work's gonna be slowing down all that much because i got client stuff going on uh but how about that sounders game yesterday i'm i woke up and there's a, there was a little piece of me missing this morning because uh of were, were how you that, there yep yep and, oh, and just man, sitting I, through penalty kicks is just the worst like you just like it's, Once we got to penalty kicks, it was like, well, this is 50-50. There's, there's not really – like, there's so much luck involved with penalty kicks that you dude, can't do so anything about des- it. Describe the, the, the energy in the stadium. Like, so, you know, for people who are listening that aren't so familiar, basically, you know, pretty much Sounders pulled – you know, came back and, and really pulled it together at the end and uh, created an overtime situation. So, describe the energy, man. That's yeah, so, so 50,000 people at a soccer match is just always an incredible feeling. And that's the reason why I'm a Sounders season ticket holder because that environment, you just – you can't replicate very many other places. And especially here in the United States, you don't replicate. And I actually thought it was really quiet. I think the stadium was really nervous in the beginning of the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like, you could hear the Timbers Army kind of, like, echoing in the corner. And, obviously, the Emerald City supporters, you know, galvanized a little bit. And then when we scored the first goal, it, you know, it really hyped everyone up. And then, like, it's just kind of been the Sounders thing. Like, we score a goal, and then we give up a, a goal really quickly behind that. And so, yeah, that happened uh, more or less twice – or we, I guess we went down, and then we came back up. We scored a goal, like, in the last minute to make it into overtime. And then both teams scored a goal in overtime. And then it goes to the penalty kicks, and it's just a crab shoot from there. And we lost in penalty kicks 4-2. to two, And that's just, like, uh, such a tough way to end the season. The season's so long. And I think th- this mm-hmm. is probably how baseball fans feel also. But you go through this long stretch. You play 34 games. And so it's all year. The season begins in March and you get to this point and you're feeling really good. We were like really peaking. And then, you know, they just got the best of us and, and we couldn't get it done this year. But that's just I, I've said this once and I've said it probably for my whole life. Like being a fan is ridiculous. I don't understand why we love sports so much because it just ends in so much like pain and heartache. <laughs> and then we just come back the following season. Um, it's gonna be better it's gonna be this is the year this This is is the the year year, yeah and it's so interesting that sports just drives so much revenue and it's so popular 
but it really just ends in like sadness for just about everybody. Uh, it's a very weird situation to be in. Not not many businesses operate that way. Where every, I mean, except gambling, I guess. Uh, where where mm-hmm. people just like you're gonna lose, but you're gonna love it through the whole way. All yeah, right, it, it's really yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. so we got some some topics here. Uh, let's start off with the founders live one because I, I really like that topic. Yeah. Uh, we posed a question on Founders Live uh, this last week, and um, so it's which Founders Live core value do you align with the most? And I'll review them really quickly, you know, just so we can put them on the table. But uh, the first one is what we call respectful authenticity, and you know that's really just it's really about being your authentic self. Uh, but in the flip side, respecting others in their authentic selves, whether it's online or at, at an event, and in the end you know, this really just is around inclusion and, and letting people know that no matter what they look like, who they are, what gender, race, background, you know, they're accepted here. And also, you know, we encourage uh, a tremendously diverse community. Um, so that's like core value number one. Number two is uh, gather around the campfire. That, that one really is about, um, you know, storytelling. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, you really have to discover what your story is and and then what what you're bringing to the world and how does that impact people and to really tell a story that emotionally connects with people if you can't do that then people aren't going to follow you so you know really just gather around the campfire and and entertain people especially at the founders live events um third one is open the door and really that's just about uh doing great things for people and not expecting a return you know is that like an intro or um, you know, just doing a quick good deed for them or help them with their pitch deck or design or business development really quickly or whatever. Um, just doing great things for people is, is just an awesome value. And then lastly, um, no name tags. And, and that's really just around uh, the significance of we don't wear name tags at Founders Live. And we really just focus on having a ton of fun, bringing great, enjoyable experiences to business events and not being awkward. So those are the four. Uh, which one do you align with the most? The, the, the first one strikes me the most. Uh, just <laughs> authenticity is something that I've really put a lot of uh, time and effort into doing and building my company this last year. Uh, because so much of my brand and the work that I do, uh, especially within just being in a customer service position, is about like just being my normal self and getting people to like me as a person and just really mm-hmm. not not faking anything, trying to be as truthful upfront as possible because I have this audience of people who watch me tell stories about the city. And I think my strategy, our, our, my differentiation strategy has been that I look so different from like the news corporations and Eater Magazine and some of these bigger media companies because they're very scripted uh they're very let's just call them curated and i kind of just like go off the cuff and like doing things live and uh i'm not afraid of like being silly or messing up or just being like being myself and i think that goes a long way in in a social media world that we live in that is full of uh just people being fake i think being authentic is going to be a long-term winner for a lot of brands Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the, the, the underlying theme here is I've, I created these. So it's like, they're kind of like four children, which one do you like the most? But, um, you know, respectful authenticity is one that's really important to me, but I'll go with, uh, open the door. And I just think, 
dude, it's like, it's crazy how, you know, as I've grown this and become more connected, um, it's just become second nature to me to throw an email intro. If it's, if it's appropriate and the person's both people can value great, create value or, or have value come out of it, dude, it takes 30 seconds to throw an, an intro in email and it tremendously helps people. And so I just look at it and say, you know what? I make sure that I connect people. I make sure that I open doors for people because that's how I've gotten to this point. And um, it's really that like pass it on, give, give back and, and hopefully the next person. So if I intro, so, or if I do a, something great for someone, I hope that they just pass it on to someone else. And, and that's a really great community to be in. So um, I, I really like the open the door. And um, I think everyone is one or two, you know, nodes away from, tremendous amount of opportunity in the world so if you can just open the door for someone you're really going to help them along so i really yeah. like that one i really love these core values that you set up nick and, and anyone if you're listening haven't been to any of the founders live events nick always opens up his events with talking about these core values and it really like sets the tone for the entire event and so just just by talking about this nick maybe uh in one of the episodes in december we'll let it simmer a little bit we should just talk about the story and how you developed these core values i'm sure people could really mm -hmm. learn about like what was that process like and how did you develop and come up with these and then how did you shape them we should talk about yeah. that another time yeah mental note mental note mental note all right cool so um oh also on another mental note just kind of like live talking here on the show we uh i have some microphones and some recording equipment so i will talk to you about we should do this as like a lot let's do it in person one day uh, we should meet yep. up and do, and we'll do the show live. Cause I need help just like working with the equipment anyways. And so that's a good excuse for me to set it all up. Nice. Like it. Okay. So, uh, back to the show. So, uh, one of the things we have the election here this last Tuesday, uh, and politics is something that I've been really trying to avoid in this show, but the, the weeks leading up to it were so interesting in where I was seeing politics injected. So we all associate Facebook now with politics and we associate Twitter with politics because that's really the two places where it's happening the most. But now, I mean, I'm getting notifications from Spotify, right? Spotify is telling me to go out and vote and Spotify is giving me a voters playlist and Lyft is saying, hey, we'll give you free rides to the polls. Um, and I'm just, I just saw in every one of my social apps um, and I'm seeing all over in tech and then outreach here in Seattle got a bunch of PR because the CEO of the company gave them democracy day and they, they quote unquote had the day off, which I'm sure plenty of those people worked, um, even though they had the day off. Uh, but Nick, like, what do you think, where, where do politics and tech cross over? And, and as you know, having your own brand and a lot of people follow you, do you think there is an obligation or a responsibility for either personal brands or tech and startup companies to insert themselves into this political conversation? Well, you know, I think it, I, I think the ones that did it, which I, I saw that too. And on, like, if you went on Tuesday, if you went to Google, it just said, go vote. <laughs> like it didn't say Google on the front page. It said, go vote. I thought that that was kind of interesting. Yeah. But, um, you know, if they, if their stance is go vote, that's great. But if there's any sort of, uh, directional, uh, pointing or alignment or vocal, you know, uh, vocalizing stances or opinions, um, I, I think that that's where it gets a little bit, it gets a little fuzzy, but, um, you know, in the end, dude, this is, this is technology realizing they have an influence and, you know, Uber can give you a ride to the polls, you know, like, um, 
you know, uh, let's see, Spotify can, you know, know, knowing that you use Spotify every day, it's like, it, it's just another ding reminder. Um, so I think that that's, that's really what's going on is technology and these companies are realizing like actually how, in, in, uh, how impactful they are and influential they are. But I think that there's a fine line. And honestly, I don't know about you, but I don't know. This kind of just shows where I'm at in the world and where I'm at with my life. But I really kind of checked out and, and I, I feel sad to say that, but I was not, re- I just, there's so much rhetoric right now. And there's, dude, you go on to Twitter, you go on to Facebook, there's so much freaking hate. I, I, I just am having a hard time with it. I yeah, I agree. I mean, right now, I mean, being 30 years old, I haven't seen a ton of politics in, in my life. So I'm not that experienced, but yeah, there, there's so much negativity in the system. And, yeah. and these platforms have kind of given people an opportunity to complain. And I, I struggle with it too, because I'm kind of uh, trying to stay away from all that negativity. Like I think it just breeds more negativity and I try mm-hmm. to be more positive and optimistic and, and do what I can do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I am somewhat encouraged to see that all these companies are at least are getting out and taking a position. I love that Lyft gave the opportunity to uh, take a lift to, you know, go to the polls. Um, and even though here in Washington, we all have mail-in ballots, so I don't think a ton of people are actually mm-hmm. going anywhere, uh, which is just huge in general. My big thing is, like, where where is politics going to insert themselves to really, like, benefit? I'm, I'm really surprised Facebook doesn't have, like, a, a no-fake-news website, right, that is just kind of like, here's the right and here's the left, right? And then they have just different pieces of content coming in whether they're native or they get them from somewhere else that kind of show both sides of the spectrum. I feel like technology has such a opportunity to insert themselves in this conversation and kind of be almost like a peacekeeper on like, let's actually have civil debate on the issues again, instead yeah. of it being like, I hate everyone who's on the left. I hate everyone who's on the right. Yeah. Cause it's just creating uh, not a very cooperative environment. Dude. I think the, the, the other question is when the hell are we going to be able to vote electronically and on the mobile? And <laughs> yeah. I've, been, I've been reading about this and dude, it, this is just a perfect example of our government being so freaking no, one slow two complex uh, and three, you know, I just think like, you know, they're probably doing like bidding for years to have the company who's going to actually build it. And clearly there, there tremendous amount of security has to go into it, but come on. And I think that's part of the reason why there's so many people that don't vote is because there is major hurdles. Even if it's a mail-in ballot, you have to like flip through that book and you have to like fill it out and come on. Like, yeah, that, it does not match modern society. It is not at all. And I, I really think, I think you could see a 1.5 or two X, the amount of activity and active, like literally voting. If you bring it into the 21st century. Yeah, I totally agree. But I, I don't expect that ever to happen. Honestly. <laughs> uh, so speaking about 2X, uh, a topic that we've talked about a bunch here is HQ Trivia. And so yeah. welcome back to the stage, HQ Trivia. And so, <laughs> Nick, what do you got to say about them now? What I have to say, I think, you know, I take a little bit of uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here smiling a little bit because I believe that I predicted back in the day when we talked about this, I, I, you know, it definitely shot up quickly and it's come down pretty quickly. And my question is, you know, is HQ capable of another hit show 
or is it really just a one-hit wonder? Um, what's happening now is they've dropped from one of the top spots in the App Store to like 250 to even 500 uh, in rankings. And they've dropped from like millions of concurrent users during their events to like, you know, a, you know, three, four hundred thousand, you know, so that's like a three X drop uh, from some of the highs. And they're they're you know, this is just I, I talked about this with you, man, like the moment you have like, look, I give them credit. This is an interesting phenomenon. It was kind of cool to see it happen. I know that you were definitely on top of it. But the moment, you know, like I get the note, I would get the notifications and I would never use, I would be busy or it's just like, I'm not going to go through it. And the moment you put cash in front of people, now you have to increase the cash prize because people are like rats and they go to the food, but then they are like, no, I want more. Uh, Where's a higher, bigger prize. And I think that they, they hit a, they hit a huge, huge cliff. So do you think that they're going to roll out another hit to, have another show to engage the community again well well first i think it's really interesting that uh, because i agree that it, it like hit its peak and then it's crashed but still having 300 to 400 thousand daily active players is still like such an achievement and still like, yeah. a great piece of attention and so i think that's it kind of shows what's wrong somewhat with the model of tech startups like we're just putting in all this money before it really like plays out and now you know they might be shutting down and becoming a failure because they raise money thinking that oh they're gonna get 10 million people to join in every day when it's actually Mm. like oh it's 400k where like any other person if scott rogowski had 400k (laughs) people watching him on his live instagram feed every day he'd be one of the most famous people in the world Um, dude i i'm i've I 100% agree with that. And I think that that's uh, very important to keep in mind. But I think that that is a side. It's kind of a side argument to there. I mean, I've been thinking about this so much. And just like advice I give to founders is, you know, look, you know, Founders Live is is slowly growing, but we are on a 10 year trajectory of growth. Like, I just, I know we're gonna, that's what's gonna happen. And I am not concerned with creating this crazy viral hit that spikes up and there's something really interesting with like this fast phenomenon because it's quickly gone and you might be hot for a while. And and that's clearly when they rate, you know, you raise money and you kind of figure it out at that point, you raise, you know, tens of millions of dollars. And, but look, then you get pegged with a hundred million dollar valuation. And if you then six months, a year later, you know, you're not performing and then, oh, shoot, we need to go raise more money. And now you're in a very big hole from, a, you know, the, the economics of the cap table and the ownership and all that stuff. And so I think, like, it's a very tricky game to try to do, quote, hits. And um, and I just think, like, like even even if there's two, three hundred thousand people still playing it, it's gotten old. And so that's the whole, their whole point is it's kind of like the Zynga thing where it's like Zynga had a heyday of you know mafia wars and like farmville but they literally it was like hollywood blockbuster you have to release a new hit or you will get stale and you'll lose your users because you're kind of like almost like a drug and so that's my problem with these sort of things is they're very uh they're 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 uh ephemeral and they their value is not like it's not a long-term value it's literally like oh that was kind of cool that was like a summer thing you know (laughs) yeah 
that's where, you know, that's where I'm not, I, I would not choose to build something like this because it, you're really just trying to play the quick home run. Yeah, exactly. And I think that comes a lot from investors uh, because especially when you raise venture capital money, like someone takes 20% off that venture capital money. So I think there, there's also like this pyramid scheme that's going on where people want to raise all the money because there are a group of people who make 20% immediately off the fundraising. And so uh, that's what's pushing a lot of these uh, just the tech startup community in general, why people are raising so much money, which is just like insane and not worth it. Yeah. And yeah. so we got one more. So, so uh, there's this new app that recently launched. It's called Network uh, with no vowels, N-T-W-R-K, I think. Um, <laughs> and what they're trying to be is the home shopping network for millennials or on mobile. And how it works is when you sign up, you give in your credit card, and then they do a live show. I assume they're trying to get to like every day and they're partnering with like influencers and creatives and other people who can sell products. And they have them on for like a little interview show, just like home shopping network. And it's like one click of a button. You buy the product. It was really easy. And so I actually had experience because Gary V was like one of the first influencers. He launched like an exclusive shoe on the platform and it was extremely seamless. Uh, like I logged on, it was actually when I was driving to uh, the airport and uh, I wasn't driving. I was in an Uber. Um, and yeah, it, like, it just came on. It was a live show, kind of like HQ Trivia. And you just push the one button and you can pick your shoe size and order the shoes. I'm supposed to get them today, like a week later. Um, and so d- based off what you've seen so far, Nick, like I've always said this is a huge opportunity. Home Shopping Network is just a monster, um, but it's a monster for older generations. And do you think Gen Z or millennials like us will get on board and, and, you know, in a moment kind of use it like HQ trivia and jump on and buy a product? You know, I, I definitely do. I think, you know, to sound a little counter counter to what I just said, you know, I do think that, you know, there is opportunities to create this, like it's entertaining. It's like fast paced. I mean, that's kind of what, what founders live is dude i mean part there is a possible future of founders live that basically you know there you know you get on stage you pitch and then it's like click this button get our you know we have a thousand products available right now we'll sell out in like 10 minutes get them here you know and and that's because we're like streaming to a live audience around the world and it literally becomes almost like a new q q uh, you know, QVC kind of thing. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in this in the sense of how do you innovate around getting exposure in a unique and interesting and entertaining way to then push product, uh, you know, quickly and make it easy and seamless for the consumer. Um, we're all kind of in that, like, we like that. It is that, um, uh, what is it called? The, the kind of like um, gambling mindset of just new dopamine hits you know like you know when you pull the lever like what sort of things show up on the screen and do i win and so i think that there is that and so this is an interesting idea i'm I'm definitely going to dive deeper into it yeah i i do too and i think that yeah unlike hq trivia the platform kind of naturally is going to always be sprouting up new products every day and there are enough products out there to do that home shopping network has proven that um and things like product hunt and all these other services Show there's there's new things coming out every day, so it's it's easy to kind of 
re-up. It's probably hard for the salespeople and the team internally to be getting those products. But because of the like perfect storm of influencer marketing is coming together more than ever, I think it is easier. Yeah, let's get Gucci Man on here. Let's get uh, Michelle Obama on here. And then they can help sell the products and promote the products. And then it becomes this like <clears throat> mixed entertainment interview with selling products. I think it's like a really interesting storm to put together. And so not necessarily sure that these are the people who are going to win. Um, they do have a lot of experience and a lot of success on their leadership team. Uh, but there, there's so many other factors that come in. I, don't, I haven't looked into how much money they've raised because live streaming is not easy. Uh, but I am excited to see the opportunity in this platform and see how it evolves. And yeah. Just shopping on yeah. mobile. Dude, good eye. Good eye. Well, that's, that's awesome. it for the show today. Nick, what are your parting words for people going into uh, the weekend and next week? Hey, have a good, have a good weekend. Um, I guess what I would say is start focusing, start thinking about how you want to end the year, uh, do some review on your year, and then what do you want to accomplish in 2019? Start thinking about that. Yeah, 2019 is coming up really quickly. <laughs> well, thank you as always for uh, joining me here on Catching Up Podcast with Connor and Nick. Episode 30, another huge success. Nick, I will see you next week. Peace.